Hey, what's up? This is Jay, a.k.a. the Hip Hop Taliban, host of the Get Off My Lawn podcast, here to welcome you to part two of the COVID-19 quarantine lockdown return to glory back in effect episode of the Get Off My Lawn podcast. And I appreciate you checking out episode one. And as promised, here is part two. Peace. People are inside. They got more time to listen to podcasts, but there's a couple other things um, to get to. So I'll leave it up to you two uh, to decide. So we've got the whole this whole public enemy Chuck D. Flavor Flav uh, <laughs> situation, and then we've got uh, the J. Electronica. Maybe we should go public enemy and then J. Or yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, okay, public enemy. So, um, public enemy, public enemy, public enemy. When is the last time that anybody cared about anything public enemy was doing? I'll tell you, it was a long time ago. Uh, until just, uh, man. Time flies because basically in March, was it March or was it February? Either way, it was March. It was March. It was. It was March. Yeah. Man, this year's been long, man. It. Yeah, it, March has been like a decade long. Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> so when Public Enemy uh, had announced. That essentially, well, Chuck D has a uh, new project called Enemy Radio, and it's Chuck D, DJ Lord, whoever he is, and I don't know if it's Jahai or Jahi. Anybody know? I don't know. Exactly. Nobody knows. No idea. So basically, it was announced that Public Enemy Radio, which is an offshoot group group uh, from Public Enemy uh, would play at a Bernie Sanders rally here in LA on the 1st of March and in the promotion they were using the Public Enemy logo and uh, imagery and Flavor Flav allegedly issued a cease and desist letter to the Bernie Sanders campaign um, alleging that his likeness was used without his permission and then Public Enemy uh, released a statement basically saying that Flavor Flav was fired from the group, which definitely caused a stir amongst old school hip hop heads. And then later on, we come to find out that uh, Chuck D was bumping around YouTube and came across War of the Worlds, Orson Welles' uh, radio play where he tricked people into thinking that there was an alien invasion uh, taking place when there really wasn't. And apparently this was all just a big hoax to promote Public Enemies or Chuck D's this new project. And uh, there's an interview that he does with Kuali. And basically Public or Chuck D says... Um, 
that the media, the back and forth media coverage was part of their plan. And he says, quote, we already talked about this beforehand. Public Enemy Radio went up at the Bernie Sanders rally. His lawyer sent out a cease and desist letter, he being Flavor Flav. I'm like, good move. Then, publicly, I said, this is Chuck D saying, man, you don't fucking sue me again. And then it turns out, if the public is confused about this, that, whatever, they're going to be confused about what's a lawsuit and what's not. And boom, fuck that, you're fired, dude. This is my last thing with you, okay? We knew what was going to come. I'm not saying it's a hoax. I'm saying that the original intention is to get your attention and not play attention, but get you to pay attention. So that was Chuck D's statement, and it's still not clear exactly whether or not Flavor Flav is uh, a part of this hoax. Uh, Flav issued a tweet that said, I'm not a part of your hoax, Mr. Chuck D. There are more serious things in the world right now than April Fool's jokes and dropping records. The world needs better than this. You say we are all leaders, so act like one. And then he said to donate to those that are in need, and he posted a link. So, uh, what do you, I'll, I'll say this. If this is the length and the extent you have to go to to get some attention for yourself, for a new project, then your new project probably isn't very good. Because this was, this was sloppy, it was unnecessary, and right. why are you tampering with a legacy to try and uh, move product that nobody asked for? I have to kind of disagree with you. Okay. And the way I disagree with you is in that getting attention. Because I think public enemy would need some kind of attention. What not I agree with the type of attention this is, not too sure. But I do know that when Chuck told Flav he was fired, there was a lot of, oh no, I love Public Enemy, a lot of that sentiment happening. Yeah. And so right. it was it was right. the attention of I like Public Enemy. It's kind of like when people when 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 a legend dies, people say, "Oh, I was just listening to that song." Right. So you, we don't necessarily always talk about the that classic song that you were listening to. Like the other day, I was listening to Fat Boys Stick 'Em, uh-huh. right? I didn't tweet, <laughs> "Y'all, I'm listening to Fat Boys Stick 'Em right now," but you damn right, if Prince Marquis died, I might say, "Damn, I was just listening to that damn song." Yeah. And this is how this is how attention plays these days. Now, whether or not people ask for the song, the song might be good. I mean, actually, it's funny because I have it on my screen right now. Food is a Machine Gun is the name of the song by Enemy Radio, which I'm going to take take a listen to after we... Uh, oh. After we, oh, no, you're going to take a listen to it. You're going to take a listen to it in about three minutes after <laughs> after you finish up and AB <laughs> makes his comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, but Chuck did say that they were uh, he and Flav have been working together on some stuff at the end of February, and I guess apparently he on this enemy radio project as well like you know he appears in a project but do i think people this is the way people have to get attention nowadays unfortunately like whether you're good bad you know good bad or you know you're the best in the world 
especially for a public enemy. You have to get attention in a way that people say, okay, all right, now what are they doing? And the reason why I say that is because I'm not sure if I told this story in a podcast before, but the last time I went to um, Hot 97 Summer Jam, okay, I knew I had aged out of Summer Jam <laughs> when Public Enemy performed and they were saying this is in MetLife Stadium and everybody was saying, um, they were saying, say fight the power. You know, and I'm there and I'm like, fight the power. And you know, the, the crowd kind of wasn't saying fight the power back. Wow, you know, was, right. They, they, were, they were kind of saying fight the power. However, excuse my language for everybody in about two seconds, the dream came on and the dream was saying, fuck that nigga. And wow. everybody in the crowd was saying, fuck that nigga. Wow. wow. So I was like, oh, I'm too old for this crowd. And yeah. this is sad because we got Public Enemy doing a rebellious theme song and the crowd was kind of chill, but we was all on the dream. And, and also the dream came on after Public Enemy, so that was crazy enough. <laughs> right. Wow. So in this day and age, wow. right. So in this day and age, this is this is how it is. Like so, sometimes you might have to show your ass. So people will say, "Oh, they have a new record," and then just listen to it. You might not like it, but now you're going to at least click it and listen to it. This hurts. Yep. It, you know, um, it, it, it reminds me of um, what we were talking about the 444 album and Jay was like, you know, nobody wins when the family feuds. This is where you almost want to sit down and look at these dudes and be like, okay, Boomer. Chuck is 59 <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> years old. Chuck is 59 years old. Flavor Flav is 61 years old, right? And Damn. right. Like, like straight up Boomers. And <laughs> these dudes have made an indelible imprint on hip hop. And to Dre's point, if you're putting out new work, it's hard. Like I remember saying, you know, we went and saw Elton John last November around my wife's birthday. This dude is 72 years old, did a three hour set solo. And it was in the Spectrum Center where the Charlotte Hornets play. So he's still doing stadium tours at 72, right? This was his farewell tour. Hip hop can't do that, right? There are very few people in hip hop. Hip hop gets hip hop has to get older, and we're like, yeah, go away. Or if we see you, we only want you to do your old stuff. We're not interested in what you have to say now. So I can understand what Dre is saying in terms of them trying to develop some sort of strategy that'll get people interested in their music, right? So they tapped into the scandal element to get people to pay attention. I think about what Daylight did a few years ago when they released for like if you gave them a, a working email address they would send you like their early catalog. Right. And then not too long after that, they used those email addresses to contact people with a Kickstarter to raise money to do a new album. And they hit their goal quick. Yeah. So instead of tapping into controversy, they tapped into the nostalgia and the love. Like, yo, you love us so much, we want to do a new project. And everybody was like, bet. Yeah, that was the greatest scam so and hoodwink and hip hop. It was history. amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. 
So, you know, there are different ways to come at it. But, you know, I could see those two having creative differences because when you start doing things like, you know, flavor of love, strange love, the surreal life and everything else, um, that doesn't scream fight the power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I guess two things. One is we, uh, if anybody wants to go back and dig up the archives, we did an, uh, an episode about that, that De La Kickstarter campaign being the greatest hoodwink in the history of hip hop. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's diabolically brilliant to get your fans to pay for the production cost of your new album. And then you get to make the album and make money from the album. Brilliant. Um, Next level. Yeah. Salute. But as for this, uh, this this food as a machine gun this enemy radio song that uh, Chuck D decided to risk the legacy uh, well he's not risking the legacy he's just sullying the name of public enemy this is what it was all for people this is what it was all for here we go food as a machine gun I apologize in advance to die by the weapon formerly known as food hell not to die sugar sugar who you talking to dirty water who be loving you stroke no joke must have hit that salt don't look at me cause it ain't my fault I know you want it say you need it and you eat it cause you want it sugar sugar you don't love me Sugar, sugar, you don't need me. Now, it be eating me. Eat it up. Got us fighting diabetes. Stress level, sleepless, emotional, mental. Drugs and the food I love screwing up my physical. I'll never fall in love again. With this hate on my plate and food and drug administration. Is it my hallucination? Food is a machine gun. 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 Sugar, sugar, I know you move me. I know you want to drink me. You and everything, not just candy. Worse than a pop out, shoot em up, kill em up, movie. A ride going on in that corner. About a word on a bird in that corner. Toxic, yeah, they just box it. Hard to tell the parent or the boy like an opioid. How sweet it is. They just line up these kids. How happy is a meal when dancing with cancer with that God bless America, FDA romance a new old kind of gangster get death. Pesticide, chemical, get around. Fast food industrial, sit down. EPA's a gang, throw it up now. Food is a machine gun. Food is a machine gun. Okay, 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 yeah. I can't take anymore. I can't take it. I can't take it. That's what you risked the legacy of Public Enemy for? No, no, no. I think they're going to look at this like that last year that Johnny Unitas played in the league, right? 
you know, nobody remembers Johnny Unitas playing for someone besides the Colts. Johnny Unitas. You know, I don't know if people are going to remember Tom Brady for playing for the Buccaneers, right? Um, you know, KG just made the Hall of Fame. You know, shout out to a famous South Carolinian. Uh, I don't think KG made the Hall of Fame for that time with the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. But it so, would, you know. But to go out on that limb of this, like, you can criticize Flavor Flav for the reality show, but these were some reality show antics. Let's put out a mm-hmm. press release and fire him. But no, he's not really fired. And then his explanation is very bizarre. In that Quali interview, it's not clear. Somebody might listen back and think, well, damn, why didn't you read? Why couldn't you read his uh, his statement a little more clearly? Because it's not coherent and it's not clear. Maybe he's. It's almost like he wants us to think that he's playing checkers and everyone else is playing chess, right? <laughs> that <laughs> this is that this is some masterful strategy that's going to catapult our project. And okay, fine. But then we get the track, and in terms of content, you know, it's an important critique, right? That a lot of us have sugar addictions that we're unaware of. If we think about the power of the food industry lobby, the alcohol lobby, the tobacco lobby. Um, their influence over something like the food pyramid and federal standards and things like this. You know, there's something there content wise, but the content has to be delivered in such a way that it hits. Um, this isn't brothers going to work it out. <laughs> that was a, this was like, this you wasn't know, shut them down. This isn't welcome to the terror dome. This isn't shut them down. No, this nope. is. Uh, that was horrible. We, I think we've reached boomer hip hop. When. When I think back in hip-hop, I can think of distinctly two... Well, I'll put it like this. I pulled up another song from years ago that had a similar critique of the uh, sort of big food industry and FDA and etc. So I'm going to play that. It's only, it's only two and a half minutes. But I think, again... This is probably what he was trying to do, but he doesn't have the skill nor musicianship left in him to do it. So let me play this and uh, show you what he was trying to do or what he should have been doing. in this product cease. This is another public service announcement. You can believe it or you can doubt it. Let us begin now with the cow. The way it gets to your plate and how. The cow doesn't grow fast enough for man. So through his greed he makes a faster plan. He has drugs to make the cow grow quicker. Through the stress the cow gets sicker. 21 different drugs are pumped into the cow in one big lump. So just before it dies it cries in the slaughterhouse full of germs and flies off with the head they pack it drain it and cart it and there it is in your local supermarket red and bloody a corpse neatly packed and you wonder about heart attacks come on now man let's be for real you all what you eat is the way i feel but the food and drug administration will tell you meat is the perfect combination see cows live under fear and stress trying to think what's gonna happen next fear and stress can become a part of you 
in your cells and blood, this is true. So when the cow is killed, believe it. You preserve those cells, you freeze it, thaw it out with the blood and season it. Then you sit down and begin eating it. In your body, its structure becomes your structure. All the fear and stress of another. Any drug is addicted by any name. Even drugs and meat, they are the same. The FDA has America strung out on drugs and beef, no doubt. So if you think that what I say is a bunch of crap, tell yourself you're gonna try and stop eating meat and you'll see you can't compete. It's the number one drug on the street, not crack, cause that was made for just black but ground beef for all American teeth. Life brings life, death brings death. Keep on eating the dead and what's left, absolute disease and negative. Read the book How to Eat to Live by Elijah Muhammad. It's a brown paperback for anybody, either white or black. See how many cows must be pumped up fatter. How many rats gotta fall in the batter. How many chickens that eat shit you eat. How much high blood pressure you get from pig feet. See, you'll consume the FDA and care less. They'll sell you donkey meat and say it's fresh. For 1990, you suckers. Again, so there's a way to do it. Chuck D just doesn't have the capabilities to do it anymore. He's lost his long ball or whatever you want to say. Well, yeah, the, the it's like um, if you play sports or if you play a musical instrument or anything like that and you begin to lose a step, you lose your dexterity, you know the note you're supposed to hit, but you're a little bit off, you know the play, you see everything unfolding, you know where you're supposed to go with the pass, but you can't get it there, you know the ball is coming, you can't make the steal, you're not getting the lift on the jump shot, you know it's over, like, you know, and it'll happen suddenly, you just know, like, yeah, I can't do this anymore, so I need to stop. Um, the edutainment piece, and this is the other thing too, right? So you dropped the, the BDP track, that was off the edutainment album, that was a concept album around music to inform and influence, right? So yeah. that album is about to celebrate its 30th anniversary this summer. You look at the track list, it's Black Man in Effect, you know the rules, you know, um, love's gonna get you, like, mm-hmm. it's this whole thing about uplifting people and elevating their mindset, making them more mindful of things through music, edutainment. I will entertain you and I will teach you, right? This is a standalone signal detached from any larger project. So it makes it harder to hit the mark. Um, And plus it just didn't sound good. I was going to say say that, right? Because I'm a PE fan, but it doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. And that edutainment that you bring that up is definitely in my top 10. I have to go back and look at the list, but it's one of the few albums where every single song is about a completely different topic. And Mm -hmm. there are very few of those and, um, and it's just well executed. So, but whatever, whatever part of a larger pie that enemy radio song is a part of, I don't want that pie. (laughs) <laughs> can I can I just say something quickly? Yeah. I hated that BDP song when it came out. And I still do. Really? I hate that song. You want your beef patty with cocoa bread? <laughs> I hate that song. Which, Why which, do I hate that song? Yeah. Because his lyrics 
are so elementary in that song. The topic is on point. What he's talking about is on point. But if you put that song, you put those, read those song lyrics, his delivery helps a tiny bit. Those are the simplest rap lyrics. It's like he rounds up the top of his head. So when you throw that when you throw that up against Madism, it doesn't compare. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it don't compare to Madism. I hate that. Really? Song. <laughs> I, mean, I hate that song. Now, really, Public Enemy song is worse. Oh my god! I don't, wait a Public minute. Public Enemy song is worse. <laughs> but this, but that BD, that BDB song. Oh is not a come BDB on, song come me. on, man! Really? My rhymes will destroy you. <laughs> Kidding me? It was it was very much a it was an early '80s hip hop aesthetic. Um, it was pre even though it was 1990. The the style of the flow, and I don't know if this was intentional to get people to listen, but the style of flow was very much early '80s hip hop. You know, da 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 da. Right. It was it was different to what we become accustomed to, man. Because if you look at that decade from 1980 to 1990 and how much rhyme styles changed, it was like computer speeds. No, but and processing that, power other increasing. Songs that, other songs on that album, other other songs that Chris wrote before that. That was Chris at his laziest. No, but I was saying I don't know what? if it was intentional, right? On like, beef? Do you no, 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 do you no, no, rhyme like that so people will I pay agree. attention? I agree. Maybe he rhymed like that to people have people pay attention. But I think he would have been better off rhyming like he rhymed on my philosophy. Yes. Yes. Because my philosophy had it was it, it felt it felt slow. He was getting you. He was he was trying to tell you something. Yes. But he had a flow. This was the man James. Yeah. He was riding the beat. How many cows must have the batter? How many reps got to fall in the batter? What? My philosophy, well, you could have did a different beat, too. I mean, you didn't yeah. have to use that beat, right? Yeah, see? see. You could have used a different beat. The fresh is coming home. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Step over here. Yeah, Come on. That's not a good beat. That beat is, I love that beat. Come on. That BDP song is trash. I mean, no I, I'm way. compelled by the good. argument. I'm compelled by the argument about my philosophy because think about how that video started, right? Right. It's just yes. him acapella, acapella conversational, and, and it was like, still wow. Fresh. Yep. And you're like, wow, watching it like, wow. He's Let us begin. It. What, where, why, or when? He closes the car door. We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. Like it was dope, right? So. This yeah. is the problem when you're that type of um when you're that type of MC when you're one of the people who is regarded as not just the best of your era but one of the best to ever do it. You have a standard now. This is why the the Public Enemy record is hitting us so hard. You have yeah. a standard now, and yeah. if you don't play up to the standard, it becomes disappointing. You know, you look at when Jordan came back, right? Jordan came back was 40 years old and was still getting 20 a game, and would you know have some off nights. And then have some amazing nights. Kobe, after all of those lower body injuries, the knee, the Achilles, you know, it took a toll on him. He wasn't the same dude, but on any given night, he could go for 60, right? You hold people to a standard even when they might not be able to meet that standard. Now, hip hop is different because 
If you're a professional athlete, you're an entertainer of some sort. If your physical skills and stamina begin to deteriorate, um, so goes the, the craft. Whereas an MC, if you still have a sharp mind and a sharp tongue, you can keep doing this, right? Like there are people who are more seasoned and still have bars. Big Daddy Kane still does an amazing live show, right? Still has that energy. So when you're Chuck D, when you're KRS-One and you have this standard and you put out something that's below that standard, people are going to be like, mm, I expected more from you because you've shown me you can be great and you've shown me you can consistently be great. Thank you, Professor. I don't I don't even understand what you're talking about. Not Adolphus, <laughs> Dre. He rode the beat. He rode the beat. Then, 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 then Adolphus is right. He needed a better beat. Oh. Because he, no, like, nah, like that was, and that's the thing is like, especially because of that album, right? So uh -huh. I like that album, but especially when y'all started saying other songs that are on album, I'm like, yeah, I actually like, I think I like that album. But you that think song, you liked it. No, no, no. You know, I mean, because you know, you might say a name of an album. It's like, oh, wait, did I like that album? Because there were a couple of BDP albums where I was like, I might like four or five joints. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess it was okay. But I'm when y'all start saying other names, I was like, oh, no, I think Edutainment was the album I, I liked. But that song was a song, and I was like, what the hell? And it's not even about what my beat I do. It's not about the topic. It's how he, it was his rap. Like, he just didn't step up to that KRS level on that song. And there are tracks on here where he was amazing. Like, Love's Gonna Get You, he was amazing. Um, right. Black Man and the Fact, the Kenny Parker show. Um, right. You know, there were some places on here, man, where he really went off. Like We got 100 guns, 200 off. guns, going to New York. 100 guns, New 200 York. clips. <laughs> yeah, so there were places where he went off, um, but that, that wasn't one of them. But still, as much as we're critiquing that track on a great album, that P.E. track made me weep, man. Um, Black Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually thought, I wasn't sure what song you were going to play. I thought you were going to go to uh, a trap called Quest Ham and Eggs. Right. Now, I thought that's where you right. wanted to go, and you went to beef, and I was just like, oh, this damn song. I don't <laughs> now, eat no ham and again, eggs, because they're high in cholesterol. cholesterol. Oh, come on. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I don't like that song. You know? That was better than this. No. You don't like ham and eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Come and get it, and getting was good. So that's, I think should. I'm playing my vegetarian. No, Captain Dogs, I'm not a veterinarian. No, Fife was a different MC once they got on um, that second album. When they got the low end theory, he was he was different. Like there there are two people whose progression is similar to me. Um, Ghostface going from thirty six chambers to only built for Cuban links. Fife going from people's instinctive travels to low end theory, yeah. like completely different MCs, man. Much more confident, better flow, better delivery, all of it, right? Yeah. But that track was better than the BDP track for um, Beef. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to derail the Public Enemy com commentary. So yes, that song, "Food as a Gun" or whatever it's called, is not good. It, I mean, it. Is way below the public enemy bar. Way below. I don't know what enemy radio is, but if that's the enemy radio bar, that bar is subway level. I mean, you go back a couple of years ago, though, right? When they did Prophets of Rage. 
Yeah. Prophets of Rage was better than that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, in, 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 in the Chuck lead track was dope. Public Enemy had another song. Oh, man, I can't remember. They had another song that came out, and they were playing that song on ESPN like sports and like every yep. day. Yep. I forgot the name of the song. And that song was, I was like, oh, damn, Public Enemy got a joint. But yeah. so, you know, I don't know. Because a couple wow. of years ago, I think it was like maybe 2016, they did the super group, and it was some of the heads from Rage Against the Machine, Be Real, Chuck D. Yeah. And, you know, that lead single has some fire. That was part of my running mix. I'm like, yo, this is kind of dope. James is still mad at this one. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, this ain't it. This ain't I'm, it, bro. I'm shocked this and chagrined. But one was bad, one was worse. This does. Oh, how does. I'm going to pull a Latrell spree roll on both of you. But uh, <laughs> number eight. But but it does bring up a point because one of the things that's been in the mix for years, um, that now has some time to come to light and breathe, is the battle log, which is the battle of hip hop catalogs. And yes. we we worked out the rules, we worked out uh, the the brackets. All of that's been sitting in the vault, in the get off my lawn vault, and. That is going to be pulled out because this is the kind of discussion that is going to spring up because on one hand, I'm sitting here like Mel Kuyper thinking I got a five-star blue chip player and these two tell me he's garbage. He can't make the practice no. squad. And uh, See, man, now you're getting all <laughs> up in your feelings. You're getting all emotional on this, man. We ain't say that. We're just like, yo, um, compared to the other work on that project and his work before and after, it's... It, it's below the standard he set. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't Chris. No, Dre went Dre went men on film. He went hated it, still hated. <laughs> why, why I gotta go men on film? Like, but, well, you, know, you gotta emasculate a brother. Well, three snaps up in the and why you gotta negotiate to the LGBTQ homies. Three three snaps up in a vegetarian sandwich. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Um, So, yeah. So, the battle log, and that's been years and years in the making. And it's funny because every year I get a notice from the the, uh, hosting company that, hey, do you want to renew battlelog.com? I'm like, yes, I do. So, so I'm three years in. When we get a tournament back. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring it out around tournament time. I'm gonna pull out the brackets. I will pull out the brackets and uh, and then we all have to do our listening, make our little notes, and then come back in and hash it out. Which that should it's be gonna good. be dope. I can't wait. That's, yeah. that's gonna be tough, man. Our Scott boys I, can't wait. Because if I because <laughs> if I have to listen to beef again, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now that's not that's not gonna make the set list, Dre. Hey, it's okay. No, but he's, it's in he's there. I gotta go back and listen to some of the. See, that's a thing. Also, like hindsight, it's gonna be crazy for some of those catalogs. And I mean, there will be classic albums in those, but there's gonna be some hindsight in some of the, some of my listening. And nah, but you know what though, man? Sometimes, and this is the thing. You, you earlier we were talking about Rock the Bell's radio. There's some tracks that have really held up well across time, like. One of the things I do like about Rock the Bells Radio is that they'll dig back in the crates and play some of the early stuff, right? And not so much the the stuff that had those sort of pre-Kane and pre-Rock Him nursery style rhymes, but stuff like Houdini, man. Houdini has some bangers that still sound good. 
and the lyrics still sound good like the freaks come out at night five minutes of funk one love yeah like that stuff is still banging rest in peace larry smith yeah right he he was like they they definitely had stuff that i mean i don't know it's it's weird though when you listen to it today it's feels like rap but then some of it feels r&b-ish and like they yeah. yeah, I'm about to listen to Golson. I mean, they're not in the battle log, of course, but you know, nah. I might have to go back and listen to like, you know, you know, you know what hit me? It's funny you say that. Um, I was somewhere. I was in a car place, get my car service. This was obviously months ago, and I was listening to some music, and my daughter was with me, and she was like, "Well, what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's Houdini." And she was like, "What?" Like, you know, because every time there's a rap group, that old school rap group that I haven't told her about, she gets mad because I didn't put her on. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, when we get home, I'll let you listen to some stuff. So I played Funky Beat for when we got home. Uh-huh. And she was just like, and she she gave me the, the this is nasty look. Like, right, you know, right, you know, right, right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, how long? 35 years later, 30 years later, and she and you still got a kid giving a nasty look, like, oh, this is Dude, it right here. Mm, funky beat, five minutes of funk still slaps, right? Right. And it's been a long time. That album, that album went platinum. Oh wow! I didn't know. Like that yeah. album, that was um off the Escape album from 1984, and that album went platinum. Damn, and then wow. there are two albums <laughs> after that went gold. Wow. Well, so let some you of that know. stuff in the battle log, I think, is going to hold up. I, I'm excited about getting back to that at some point. Yeah, I, I was, I found my notes because the first matchup was a special play-in matchup. It was. Uh, three people it was bdp versus gangstar versus epmd mm. and i went through and listened epmd has a long catalog mm-hmm. and to just give a little preview i started off like all right i'm gonna do this and i'm like yeah and i'm grooving by the time i got to the end of their catalog i was like i felt beat yeah <laughs> so <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot of that, but yeah, BDP versus Gangstar versus EPMD, and uh, that is the first match, and the winner of that match will take on, they'll be the four seed in basically the southeast bracket, and they will end up taking nice. on Jay Z, um, <laughs> which oh, presents cool. an interesting transition, because yeah, last month, after get my math right like 13 years of waiting um jay electronica finally dropped his debut album his full-length album um a written testimony and when i turned on instagram or whatever facebook wherever it was i saw it i was like oh what great great timing because it was right at the beginning of the uh quarantine and it would feel like the end of the world to get a Jay Electronica album. Very on brand. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, it came in at 10 songs, which, you know, it's a little light, but I think about Illmatic and I'm like, 10, yay, I can brief it. Sometimes you say what you got to say, you get in there, you do it, and you leave. Don't overstay your welcome. Don't fill it up with things that don't need to be there. Perfect. Um, then I listened to it, and it started off with uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and, you know, I'm down with Farrakhan. I mean, m- most, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> it's something that feels dated at this point in time, right? It, it does, but I guess it was supposed to come out 13 years ago. So, mm, 
But as you get into the album, first song plays and it's like, oh, oh, Jay-Z's here. Okay. Because I didn't read anything about it before I just turned it on. I just saw it without, played it. I was like, oh, okay, he's got Jay-Z. That'll help him move some, uh, you know, get some interest. And then the second song came on and there's Jay-Z again. And the third song came on. There's Jay-Z. Fourth song, Hova. Fifth song, Jovito. Sixth song, <laughs> Jigga. <laughs> and on and on through all of the songs, except for number eight, which is only one minute and 35 seconds long, um, all feature Jay-Z. So I was like, oh, maybe this is one of those, some mixtape or something. I went back and looked and said, no, this is a J Electronica album. Now, my take is, it's not bad. It's not bad by any means, and it's um, heavy on the spiritual, especially the Islamic uh, aspect, but I don't have a problem with that. Even with Jay-Z's rhymes, he's clearly moving in a more, staying in that more mature uh, mm -hmm. lane that he's, he'd gotten into after the last album. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is waiting 13 years for an album. <laughs> and it turns out I I got some hybrid compilation, much like the public enemy thing, that I didn't ask for. I didn't ask for this. And I actually have been asking, where's Jay Electronica? When's the album coming out? If the greatest MC to ever rhyme never drops an album, does it even exist? Where is it? I've been waiting. <laughs> Exhibit A came out. I was like, woo! Exhibit C, woo! Yeah. And the letter to Fallon. And then I just waited and waited and waited and waited. Finally, it came out. And I'm not happy. I'm not happy with it at all. Um, the verse count. At the end of the uh, album, the tail of the tape, is Jay-Z has 10 and a half verses. Jay Electronica has 13 verses on his own album. Now, if you have some audio editing software, you can basically just take every other verse of the album, and then you've got a Jay Electronica EP and a new Jay-Z EP. But together, this isn't what I wanted. I don't need this. But that's my opinion. Tell us why you mad, son. Get I'm just off saying. My lawn. <laughs> I'm just saying. Get off my lawn. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. We waited. Come on. And then there's and then there's some. I don't know if I'd go this far because I felt like they were pretty much on par with each other the whole time. But there's some in that Joe Budden camp that say that. Uh, Jay-Z basically outshined Jay Electronica on his own project. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm just going to stand pat and saying, I'm not happy. It's not a bad album. I'm just not happy. I didn't get what I didn't get what I waited for. I didn't pay for it, but I didn't get what I waited for. Now, that's me. Tell him why you're mad, son. I think we should leave, because I know Jay-Z's on this. So, you know, so maybe we should go A-B, you tell us what you thought, and then we'll have Black Cloud bring us home. 
Yeah, um, so it's wild, right? You know an album is going to hit big when you get a notification from iTunes that it's available. And that was how I learned that this mythical J Electronica album was done. Um, when when we listened to the previous work, Exhibit A, Exhibit C, Letter to Fallon, dude got bars, right? He has all of the markings of a superior MC. Um, and the backstory is also kind of hard. This is a dude that's bounced around, has gone through a lot of things, faced a lot of adversity, but really talked about how for him, the Nation of Islam saved his life and put him on a different path, right? And, you know, if you are a love interest to Erica Badu, you got to be a superior MC because there are no slouches in her stable, right? <laughs> so this is a guy that has the talent. And, you know, I look at it sometimes like, like I think about being an academic, being a professor. And what most people think about professors in college, they think about the things that they teach, right? Because as students, that's how we encounter professors. Meanwhile, professors got this whole other life over here where they're writing articles and books and everything else. And, you know, I should have turned my dissertation into a book. And it didn't happen for a bunch of different reasons. But part of it is because of the kind of place I work where I'm teaching four classes every semester versus someone else at a research university where they're doing maybe one or two every semester. So while I'm down here making an impact with my students, <clears throat> and I'm getting out scholarship, I'm getting out articles, I didn't get the book out. I'm at a point now where one of my graduates and I are working on a project for a major university press. We have a contract, we've written most of the chapters, it's an edited volume, and we're going to get something out. This is year 17 of my academic career. And I have articles in great places. I have book chapters in great places, but I never had a book with my name on the front. And that's not going to happen until this point in my career, right? So it feels like delayed, but not denied. So in some respects, I can kind of see Jay Electronica as a kindred spirit. People see the talent, they're like, yo, what are you waiting on? And it's like, you don't understand the complexities of my life that have led to this delay. So I sometimes wonder, well, what were the complexities of his life that led to this delay? I also think the partnership with Jay-Z is probably the biggest reason why it got done. I think they recorded this in like a month and a half. <laughs> right. And that's, you know, that's somebody staying on this dude like, no, you're going to do this. We're going to lock you here. You're not going anywhere and we're going to do this. So then we look at the product. Now, the product is kind of dope to me, right? Like I, I enjoy the product and maybe part of the problem is we're so starved for like boom bap hip hop in a place where people have slowed down the BPMs and the rhymes have gotten simple. And then we get this and you got some A-list producers, you got you know, the, one of the biggest names in the game in Jay, you got one of the longest anticipated, you know, the oldest rookie like Satchel Paige out here, you know, shout out to, um, <laughs> you know, Jay Live for that lyric. Mm -hmm. But so all those things come together and you're like, okay, bet. And I don't feel like it disappointed, though I can I do see how people might get upset where it's like, yo, I thought I was getting a Jay Electronica album and I got a Jay-Z Jay Electronica album. But I've, I've listened to it a bunch of different times and I'm kind of feeling it. There are parts of it I don't like. There are parts of it I could do without. But overall, I'm kind of feeling it. Because Jay-Z is a businessman.
He ain't got time for this. What you mean? It's like we don't get, but we don't get a lot of corporate petty. We don't get a lot of corporate capitalist Jay Z on this. No, no, no. I'm talking about just in terms of different Jay on this. I'm talking about the businessman comes in in terms of telling him to get this done. Like certainly, he he probably was looking around at the balance sheet, talking about what this didn't come out. Wait a minute, bruh, get this shit out now. Right. I mean. and when you listen to things like um, Exhibit C, like, you know, he's going through this list of people from Diddy to Jay-Z to, you know, Q-Tip that are all like, yo, what are you waiting on? Yeah. So he clearly needed somebody like like I joke with students all the times about about deadlines for papers. And they'll be like, oh, professor, what made you write this article? And I tell them the deadline. If you don't have a deadline and you don't have some external pressure, you have to have a tremendous amount of discipline to do that work. And so I don't know what's up with bruh in terms of why he didn't, but you know, we got something now, but it's wild because we were talking about the Edutainment album. That album was almost 70 minutes long. This project is 39 minutes long. And if you just take his part, it's only 15 minutes long. But I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, <clears throat> I want to hear. I want to hear what Dre got to say. Exactly. We were beefing about exactly. this on the text. I, <laughs> I yield my time. <laughs> I'm reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Um. Whew. Okay. The problem with this J Electronica project is there is no song the level of Exhibit C anywhere on it. He doesn't have a song that's him rhyming for how long is Exhibit C? I will tell you because it's queued up. Yes, please tell me. Exhibit C is five minutes and 31 seconds. There you go. There's not one song on here that's five minutes and 31 seconds long. Of fire. Yeah. Right. He completely and totally snapped on that track. Right. So I expected. So first I heard Jay-Z was going to be on the album. And then I heard people saying, oh, it reminds me of Raekwon and, and Ghost on Cuban Links. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll take it. But the whole time thinking there will be a song, at least one song, where we get Jay Electronica snapping and we didn't get it. I am also of the Joe Budden group that thinks that Jay-Z beat Jay Electronica on his own album. <laughs> and it could be because <laughs> I didn't I didn't um I didn't realize that he has ten and a half verses to thirteen but like that's a crazy number. The tale of the it tape. Could, right. It could be just the fact of, you know, the amount of the amount of times we hear Jay, but Jay is talking about a lot of stuff. And mind you, this is also at a point when I'm not feeling Jay because of the little publicity thing he did with NFL. Right. So I'm like going into it like, okay, he's on Jay Electronics album and he's talking the Papa Singer and the Islam and the NOI and he's doing that. Yeah. Okay, that like like I'm so I'm already like I'm already like 
classic New Yorker, folded arms. All right, <laughs> you know, the, the, prove me you dope. And so when I get on it, and I'm like, wow, Jay showed up. Uh-huh. And where the hell is Jay Electronica? Like, I kept honestly kept saying, all right, where's Jay Electronica? Like, I kept thinking that. And for somebody like, who likes Jay-Z as a rapper, I'm like, I shouldn't be thinking, where's Jay Le-? I'm like, you, what the hell are you doing? So, yeah. yes, <clears throat> I agree with, I agree with AB. I agree with him. I think it's because of Jay-Z that this album got done. Yeah. I don't, I think, I think it was, I think it was strictly on some, and it could have, I honestly think that it was because of stuff that he says on the album, because of stuff that Jay Electronica says in the album, he says stuff like, oh, you know, people, people pull them apart or whatever he said, you know, I think that's part of the whole, Jay went to him and was like, listen, just do it. Just come with me. I'll help you. Like, like, don't worry about it. Just come on. Like, it was like one of your homeboys telling you, don't worry, you got this. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And, and so that's why the album got done. I don't necessarily believe that it should sound the way it sounds. Your man, <laughs> like, um, familiarity doesn't breed love, just content. Yeah. I remember, yeah. There's something like uh, that was. That was when he was in his feelings about why it was taking so long. Yeah. Right. People ask. And so, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just looking at that lyric because I had written it down in my notes. Uh, J-Man, why for so many years you've been exempt because familiarity don't breed gratitude, just contempt. Right. But there wasn't enough, there weren't enough moments like that. Mm-hmm. Or as soon as he had one, then it was like, I'm handing it off to Jay-Z. Oh, shit, Jay-Z. But, dude, man, I mean, and this is where the, the beef that unfolded between Budden and Jay Electronica was just hilarious, right? Because he was like, you know, Budden's like, Jay-Z took your album and made it a Jay-Z mixtape. And, you know, Jay Electronica's like, yeah, I wish you success in your career as a journalist. Because, like, you know, you weren't hitting at it as, as an MC. But... but- you know, when, when Jay shows up, Jay's going to do what he does. And when your man was like, listen, I named my son, sir. So you got to call my son, sir. The boy already knighted. He ain't even out his rumper. <laughs> your man, your right. man was going off. He right. was going off, off with it. And I'm like, mm. Whew. I, and, but you, these- you can't. you. The danger is you get blown off your own album. Now, I feel like he did bring something, but I agree with with. Andre, like, if you were looking for something like Exhibit C, you didn't get that here. Not, not right. alone. No, right. And and I'm not saying that, like, Jay Electronica didn't show up. Like, he has some good songs in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, honestly, I don't think I've listened to it in the last. Well, let's say it's been let's say it's been out for a month. I haven't listened to it in the last two weeks. Yeah, which is saying which is saying a lot because I haven't listened to. I mean, there's not a lot of new music out for me. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I haven't gone back to it a lot is kind of whack. Like I'm just like that means that like, it was it wasn't as great as it, it's not it wasn't as great as it shouldn't have been. And what else is a gaping hole on the album is that there's no Just Blaze on the album, mm-hmm. and there should have been some Just Blaze production on this album somewhere. Now I know they dug think, out. I'm sorry. Uh, what is it? Shiny Suit Theory? Because that song's like ten years old. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's just blaze. 
I don't know if it was just Blaze, but I know he did the ones I like, which is A and C. Right. Um, and what this reminded me of, because I did hear that comparison. Oh, it's like, you know, Ghost and Raekwon. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because <laughs> no. when that album came out, I was like, oh, I was kind of surprised. Like, okay, let me listen to this. And it turned out it was great. I wasn't sitting around waiting for, damn, when's the Raekwon album coming out? Uh, whatever. Um, so I was trying to think back of what could this actually compare to. And the only thing I could recall was uh, the Snoop Dogg album, his first album. And how he had uh, deep cover and then eventually showed up on the chronic and then everybody was just waiting for the Snoop album. Mm -hmm. But even with that, Mm -hmm. it was only like three years later, but you would have thought it was, you know, 13. Anyway, I do remember reading in the source the review and specifically because Snoop was going off about the review. So I looked it up. And the source gave the album four mics, and and they were praising the album and everything. But then here is the thing that stood out to me. The writer, uh, Reginald C. Dennis, says, You see, I was waiting for a Snoop solo album. What I got was a Death Row compilation with some guest appearances by Snoop. Don't get me wrong, I love Daz, Corrupt, Rage, Nate Dog, Warren G., RBX and Little Malik to death. But I don't need them cock-blocking my quality time with Snoop on every other track. It was cool having all of these heads on Dre's record because it showcased his skills as a part-time rapper and full-time producer. But when you wait as long for a solo album, a solo album is what you expect. You don't want skits that aren't as good as the last years. You don't want a lot of previews of the next nigga's albums. You don't want an endless number of posse cuts where Snoop barely kicks a verse, and you definitely don't want to wait until the third track to hear the man rhyme. And the shocker of all shockers, no cut with Dre. None of the magical chemistry and teamwork that made The Chronic such a success. Perhaps the next episode will show us will show up as a B-side or something. Um, and really, and Snoop lost his mind over that. Cock black. How you gonna say you cock money? Um, so I went back and listened to the album and yeah, there's a long intro at the beginning and then the first track is Rage and then eventually you get into some Snoop. But um even that, Snoop had some clear standout cuts where he was on his own just going off which is what you've mentioned that J Electronica doesn't have. If he'd had an Exhibit C in there, then maybe two of those. Then I'd probably look at the album a little bit differently, but I just don't understand the thinking that went behind having Jay-Z on every single song. Yeah, I've already expressed my logic on that. I think that's probably why it got done in the first place. Um, but it is curious that there's no Just Blaze on this. And I don't know why. Um, it could have been when they were doing it, where they were doing it, what he might have had going on on his own. But when you look at the producers on the album, you know, it's Jay Electronica himself. 
yeah. produced maybe half the tracks. And there's a track with Swiss Beats, Hit Boy, um, Arab Music, G Rye, No ID. Alchemist is uh, somewhere on here, right? Yeah, Alchemist is one that they did a track with Alchemist, but that's that's kind of that's that's it. Like so yeah, it's it's a curiosity. Um, I'm sure there's a story there. I just don't know it. I, I can't I don't know. I don't I don't know the story either, but I'm telling you this. Go ahead. The compa- no, the comparison to um to the doggy style album is interesting because that's also something that I noticed is that the first person rhyming was Jay Z. Uh huh. And that bothered me. I yeah. was like, because it's not like and people compared to people was like, oh well, the first person to rhyme on Snoop's album was Rage, and the first person to rhyme I think on um on a uh, uh, Raekwon's album might have been Ghost. And, but I was like, at the time, it wasn't like the first person rhyming on Rayquan's album wasn't the biggest rap at the time. It wasn't like the first person rhyming on Rayquan's album is LL. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like right. you have the biggest rapper on record rhyming on your album. Like right. the, the first verse you, the first voice you hear as people waited, I've waited, like you said, thirteen years. Right. For this album, the first person rapping, especially on that beat. After you have those two crazy introductions from Farrakhan, because those introductions are incredible, you right. have those that intro. Then you have the first the first part of that song. Then the the next person you hear is Jay Z. No, no, no. It should be clearly you rapping, and he should have rapped his ass off. But that 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 first song should have been his Exhibit Z or whatever whatever's next for him. Tell your master to come out here and deal with this. Right. And tell your master to come out and deal with this. And then you hear Jay Electronica destroying the earth. I don't, For one song, at least. I don't even give him a pass, regardless of what was happening. Um, this is your job that you've decided to. You have. <laughs> you decided to make art a job and a business and market it and whatever. 13 years? And you, but it's so, almost like it wasn't the day job. Like it's like, yo, what are you doing in the interim, right? Because yeah, you give us something here, you give us something there. You could probably make money doing shows, but like, what's the, <clears throat> if you commit yourself to doing this full time, and it doesn't feel like you're doing it full time? Like he's doing something. But I don't know what he's maybe doing. Maybe it's the live shows and and other things. I don't know. Um, what, or it could be, you know, what happens at a what happens at a jail band. I'm sorry. What happened to the J Electronica live show? That's like if I go to a C <laughs> Yo-Yo perform. After she does, you can't play with my Yo-Yo. Why is she still on the stage? After you do exhibits, but this was a dude that had content, right? What? Like this is a dude that had content though. He just didn't have an album. He had like a string of singles and mixtape stuff and things like that, but there was no album. Yeah, I mean, and so if you're not hardcore fans, like you know, we're not talking about going to a major venue, right? But if you got some hardcore fans that are willing to show up at spots that you might play, yeah, they'll come through. And if you're also part of, you know, it's not going to be a J Electronica solo show. There'd likely be a group of MCs, and he's on the card, right? (laughs) Yeah, because eight minutes later, he's run out of material. (laughs) My question is this: 
he could have written one song a year <laughs> and taken a oh, wow and taken a year oh, wow. off every three years and had an album. This is this is totally unacceptable. <laughs> this is absolutely, <laughs> totally, completely unacceptable. You know what happened in 2007? The first iPhone was released. <laughs> 2007, That's how, I started dating my wife. We've been married for 10 years now. Exactly. Oh, my. And, and got two, children. two kids. <laughs> oh, my. Come on, man. One of whom is a first grader. <laughs> this dude, this, this. Honestly, I could have gone to school. had a good time in those 13 years. <laughs> I could have gone to school, learned to, learned how to produce, come back, made some beats, learned how to rhyme, and made an album. Th- th- come on, this is uh, this is totally, absolutely, completely, one hundred percent unacceptable. What are you doing? Earning your earning your name, the hip hop Taliban. I don't know what I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. This is the epitome. How many how many era albums? I guess I can look this up. How many albums has Erica Badu put out since two thousand seven? Oh, um, but she's a different animal, though. She's but- a different animal, man. But the thing about this album, it's like this album is a good album. Yeah. If it if it was his third album that came out in 2012. <laughs> right. Right? Because let's say let's say he first prior to 2007. So let's say he, he dropped a couple albums and then he did some third album joint with him and Jay-Z battling back and forth. Cool. But I think the thing about him it was, you know we just wanted to hear from him we wanted to hear from him and it was light it was super light the songs are short you know he he's not rapping i mean that verse breakdown was really killing me i didn't realize it was that close yeah uh, erica badu didn't put out something like 10 albums she's had four since 2007 or 2007 forward um the Chappelle badu tour vortex world tour jam tour and then out my mind just in time world tour though she has been floating the idea of putting something out but you know she already had like a serious catalog oh those were the tours rather um the albums like she's done two studio albums since 2000 2007 yeah and a couple of mixtapes but she's a different animal man like when you talk about r&b man r&b artists she can still do shows with her current material. She doesn't have to make anything new. I don't even know why she hangs out with the dude. <laughs> People's personal relationships to wow, man. I mean, well, she's listen. He's with the Rothschild. Well, well, oh, she, wow, there's right. some there's some anti-Semitic references allegedly that he makes on the album toward her. But go, going back, if I'm hanging out with Dre. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing today? You want to hang out? And he's like, nah, I got to um, go to this production meeting. We got this film we got to shoot. We got to this and that. I got to do esports. I got to go meet with Rihanna. I got to go down to the Dominican Republic <laughs> and kick it. <laughs> I got this to do. I got Daddy-O called me up. Me I got to go Rihanna shoot about video. To have beef patties and cocoa bread. Oh, my goodness. Here we so go. my thing is, if I'm hanging out with somebody who's just about their business, about their craft, doing their work. I, it makes me, and maybe this is a personal thing, but it makes me want to like keep up, step up my game, yeah. be yeah. productive. 
Erica Badu is putting out records. She's hosting shows. She's going on tour. Right. And it takes this dude 13 years to put out one album. And then when he does it, it's like half an album. Come on. Come on. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's why they broke up way back. Yo, I mean. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he you know, didn't have the drive that she liked. Man. You, you know what's funny, man? The wife and I were having a conversation about this recently with situations related to work. And in both cases, we're talking about environments where we work in pretty white professions. Mm-hmm. Black folk only make up 5% of all university professors. Black folk in sports entertainment numbers probably the same, right? And so when other people of color, other black people come through and they're cool, you try to put them up on game like, yo, here's the blueprint. Right. And if you do X, Y, and Z and you move in these ways, not only can you do well here, you can really shine, but you got to put in your work. And so you give them the blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. And then you check in with them a little later and it's like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And they're, right. they're, right. they're fumbling every opportunity. And it's like, yo, we have high visibility. You can't do this and be whack. You can't do this and be mediocre. Because if you are, you're going to get cut. And you certainly can't make rookie mistakes at this point in your career, right? There are certain things you should just be able to do without someone having to look over your shoulder, right? And the thing that really got to us, like we were both talking about it because it really bothered us, right? Somebody on her gig, somebody on my gig really bothered us. And when we came down to it, it's like, yo, um, we don't really associate with white people. Right. Everybody in our crew, like our most intimate friends, the people that we hook up with, people are doing their thing, right? Mm-hmm. And when that's the energy you're around, and it's funny, right? Because, you know, he was like, you know, you played a part well, but the energy you're giving off is so unfamiliar. Like, it, it, the energy's unfamiliar here. <laughs> so that's why I think, man, um, there might be something deeper here that's rooted in personality that might be rooted in um mental health or some type of block or phobia where he needed jade to do this project to get him to the finish line yeah you know like um you know i follow dre on twitter and one of the things that i love about dre on twitter you know you can tell when dre working because they'll be like yo how much did you write today Mm. (laughs) And he ain't talking to nobody in for me. He really talking to himself. Talking to myself. But I'm always co-signing because I'm like, yo, you need that sometimes. Like, you got to be your own hype man. Do you know how much discipline it takes to be that way? Yeah. Dude, man, like, it takes, like, right now, because I got to work from home, I can't go to the office, which means I have to do everything at home, including writing and working out. Working out when you don't have someplace to go is insanely hard. Because I know if I can roll out of bed and go to Planet Fitness, I'm going to do the workout. All I got to do is get in the car and get in the door. Now I'm home. I'm tired. I'm working out at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock East Coast time in the evening. And I never want to do it. But I'm like, if I start doing some push-ups, I'll keep going. It takes more discipline to be that way. So maybe he, he needed to ride somebody else's wave to get it done. And so from that perspective, man, Rather than looking at it and saying it took him 13 years to get it out, I look at him and say, yo, um, he still has something in him to make him want to do it after 13 years without putting it out. So I look at it as an achievement. 
because there are a lot of people in the industry i wanted to see something from it i never did you know like and i'm not saying this to um shame a sister but you remember vinia mojica oh yeah <laughs> she did all this work with like native tongues and you know she's on saturday she's on this and that she's on the um she had a real nice duet with most deaf on one of the high tech albums like that sister is talented not always wanted a solo project from her and i i never saw it but no shade because she got to have a career she got to do more in the industry than some people will ever do right but yeah something happens so he didn't get that um he got his he got his moment so i'm okay with that yeah i don't give him any credit for taking 13 years to release (laughs) basically five songs are you kidding but but this i i hope that this is like the jump start so i hope that Mm -hmm. this is the push like oh he got a project done he feels you know he feels a little more comfortable you know he got his sea legs and now he gives us something else so maybe Mm -hmm. you know i'm hoping that well God knows with this. Maybe he's in the lab now. Maybe you know. And then mm-hmm. next, and then next year we get something else. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I think it's. I the, would hope uh, so too because dude is what forty three. Exactly. I think it's the. I, <laughs> I think it's the the uh, George W. Bush the soft bigotry of low expectations because this motherfucker. <laughs> Did you just go? No child left behind on me. Is our children learning? Somebody left. Somebody left jail electronic Is our children behind. in the studio? Is our children in the booth? Thirteen years to release five songs. Come on, when we know you can do it, when it'd be like, it'd be like some kid. No, because see, Adolphus wouldn't even stand for this. I was gonna say it'd be like some kid missing three quarters of the classes, finally showing up and turning in some paper that's. triple spaced and has yeah. grammatical errors like Dude, he you wouldn't even I, stand I've for that. said to students i've warned students ahead of time about stuff like this i'm like yo for real if after everything i've done if after all the guidance i've given you if after all the resources i provided for you you give me something whack i will set it on fire in front of you <laughs> <clears throat> Damn! Right, <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah, I will. I will set it on fire in front of you. Is that a microaggression? Oh no, that's <laughs> macro. You know these <laughs> these soft that's kids. Aggression, aggression. Yeah, that's right. macro. That's that's East New York. <laughs> wow. You know, you know what else? Funny, man. Now I was just gonna say, what else happened in 2007? The first Transformers movie dropped. Wow. Oh, wow. It was a long-ass wow. time ago. What was number one on the billboard? Something by Yin Yang Twins? <laughs> I'd have to... T- I'm just looking through events of interest, and I just can't... It was so long ago that uh, Venus Williams was still a good tennis player. She won Wimbledon. Um, she's still a good tennis player. It's just her sister. <laughs> I mean... Her sister been a problem. People came up, had wow. careers. Number one song was Robin Thicke, Lost Without You. Wow. Wow. This is just... like a, I mean, the album... T-Pain, buy you a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this album couldn't have come out in that year. Sierra was charting. I mean, the tops of Chris Brown, Music Soul Child Buddies, Sierra with Promise... 
Beyonce, Irreplaceable, Lloyd, featuring Lil Wayne, you, Music Soul Child, Teach Me, Buy You a Drink, Tank, Please Don't Let Go. I mean, this was like long white t-shirt and finger snap hip hop. Yep. This like this era, man. Like this was really like you, you know, earlier <clears throat> we were talking about the the battles. This is really like T Pain, Lil John era in hip hop. How many albums? So his his stuff wouldn't have fit. It wouldn't have fit. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. We 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 liked it then, though. That's the funny thing about. I don't know, man. I just. I just want to hear more. I want to hear more. I hope he's working on something else. And, you know, he gives us a J Electronica project. Um, Acom was out 2007. Really? I mean, yay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I just don't under. I don't understand. I, I don't understand. And I'm going to need a more in-depth interview with Kwali or somebody who he feels comfortable opening up to because um, somebody say he doesn't owe you an explanation. Yeah, he does. Because he decided he's not just doing art in his basement or living room or studio apartment or whatever he's doing. He decided I'm going to make music. I'm going to put it in the marketplace. I'm going to attach a price to it. I'm engaging in commerce. Man, Miles Davis would play songs with his back, play whole sets with his back to the audience. Yeah, but Miles Davis produced Kinda Blue. So if Jay Electronica produces Kinda Blue, then I'll shut the fuck up. But if he's only going to drop one album every 13 years, I mean, Miles Davis did that and he was on heroin. Dude, I'm looking at top hip hop songs in 2007. Uh Uh-huh. Crank That Soldier Boy. Yeah. Plies, Shorty. Hurricane Chris, A Bay Bay. A Bay Bay. Party like a rock star. Now, here's some timeless fire. International Players Anthem, UGK. Okay. TI, Big Things Poppin'. Um, who else is on here? Cassidy, My Drink and My Two Step. I hated that song. Kanye West, Good Life, DJ Khaled is on here, Mims, This Is Why I'm Hot. Like, hip-hop is all over the place at this point. Um, I Get Money, that's a banger. <clears throat> Damn, it's not, like I, it's not like I hate it this year in hip-hop. Yeah, yeah I'm oh, sure hip-hop, Police, Chameleonaire. But see, I if mean, you, if you eh, check, uh, Exhibit, Exhibit C didn't come out until 2009, 2010. So, <laughs> that's still three years later. Well, I mean, that's where I'm counting it from then. I'm counting it from Exhibit C. Because I always thought that Exhibit C was the album setup. Yeah. Yeah. I always should have been. I thought it was that was the album setup. And then whenever Shiny Soup Man came out, I thought that was the second album setup. It should have been. Then he had that road to perdition. And he had a lane there too, because you know, Top Dog at that point is Drake. Best I ever had was out in two thousand nine. Yeah, I'm going to need some more explanation because this is totally unacceptable and unsatisfactory. And um, I don't know what he's doing. And then to me, his rhyming, I mean, his rhyming and just listening to this album, it's like 
It's like Outcast, but without any fun. Ouch. <laughs> and, and it's not like Outcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's like Outcast if you took away all the fun and just left the sort of spiritual, all that outer space <laughs> philosophy. Um, Yikes. And, which I don't mind, but nah. Mm-mm. 13 years? All right. Even if I concede, let's say 11 years. I'll even say 2010. 10 years. Still too long. You did you did a half a song a year? And wait, I'm sorry, because one is the intro, and that's Farrakhan. So let me see. Nine songs. Nine songs, 10 years. Come on, bro. Please. Um. So, you know. But I think the people are loving it, though. Are they? See, these... Put it like this. These are the same people who love that last Tribe Called Quest album and haven't listened to it since. Oh, that shit was trash. It wasn't trash, man. I'm wow. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Pop Taliban. Real. You can't say that album was trash. It, it I, was I take not. it back. Trash, trash is a little strong. <laughs> it was like... Trash is sacrilegious. It was like milk past the expiration date like it was a little funky but if it's in a pinch you could put it on your cereal i i think you should listen to that song next i think you should listen to that song throw them back in your rotation yep listen to that listen to that album tomorrow okay but i can only listen listen to the the ones with fife all the ones that include features man like they have some good stuff on their own right listen listen to that album tomorrow I will. Through and through. Like, just play it. I don't know. You can be doing whatever you're doing in the house. Play it tomorrow. I'm, I'll Have play it. As ba- Trust me. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate it more. Yeah, they had some bangers on that, man. They had some bangers on that album. Bangers? Yeah, mm-hmm. they had bangers on that album. Mm-hmm. That okay. album has bangers. We the people, whatever will be, this generation. Um, and this is all before we get to the one with um, Kendrick Lamar. So yeah, they had some stuff on there, man. Because I remember, um, I remember a lot of Buster and Jerobi, and like I you know, get Jerobi, but there was but, some stuff. And Jerobi was spitting on that album. Yeah, but I didn't ask for Jerobi. I asked for a final <laughs> moment with a tribe called Quest. They should have had a double disc, and the double disc should have been oh, features and interpretations and whatever. I just want a moment. Can I have this moment to say goodbye? <laughs> Wow. Farewell. So what we really need is for people to have you in the studio. No, I don't have that kind of clout. I'm not. I look like Black Cloud. Hip-hop Taliban. Thumbs up or thumbs down. You sitting back there like in Gladiator. (laughs) Come on. Feeding cats to the lions. We we never get an album. Are you going to tell me that when you heard that there was a Tribe Called Quest album, when you went to listen to it, it, at no point... Were you like, I kind of wish there weren't so many features so I could have my quality time with a tribe called Quest. But this is the thing, though. Um, there have always been features on albums. There so have always been features. On, on their albums. Not right, especially. and especially with them, right? Like, yes. that's what they do. It's the native tongues. That's what they do. Um, even when I think about some of the classic Def Jam albums, we're talking about EPMD for the Battle Log. Yo, they had label mates showing up doing tracks with them. Yeah. 
Rampage with LL? Right. It's okay if somebody pops up no. once or twice so you can put them on or have a posse cut. But come on, man. Come on. If you only had four complete tracks with Fife, just put that out. I would have bought that. I would have actually paid money no, and then, bought that. You, see, this is where I disagree, right? You have to think about what this album was, too. Look at how much beef them dudes had. Like, they basically had a nerd argument. The band broke up over a nerd argument about creative differences. And then Fife gets sick. And that changes things, right? Yeah. So they decide to do an album. And all their boys want to collaborate with them. And this wants to be a part of it. And typically, they get in the same place. And we're going to create together. We're going to do this old school. And features where they bring on, you know, homies like Busta Rhymes. And they bring Jerome back in. And then Kendrick Lamar jumps on, or um, Andre 3000 jumps on. You know, Dre said this was my, this was their favorite group. The the tribe made them realize they could do hip hop the way they wanted to do it, right? So if this were an album in the natural flow of albums, I could understand how you could be upset about features. Look at the gap between the love movement. Oh, hold, all right. All right, so we're just going to pick up, wrap this up, but... Yep. Yeah. Okay, so following a few technical difficulties, this computer, like, I got a uh, a Mac Mini, and... Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's working out great, except for... It'll just be like, <laughs> pull some old Slick Rick shit and be like, good night, and just go to sleep. <laughs> And then it'll pop back on and act like nothing ever happened. It's got like narcolepsy, but um, so that's what happened. Yeah, it's like a it's like a red man joint. Um, your boombox better form a union because I leave your circuits overworked. <laughs> right. But we, so we were talking about uh, that final tribe album, and AB, you were making a point. Uh, yeah. So you were you were complaining about the J Electronica project, saying that you know too much uh, Jay Z, and you don't like stuff with too many features and you know you still start ripping the tribe album for being trash and we both say no you're going too far okay that was, that was that was a little much that was good. a little much yeah i pulled it, was, it back it was actually pretty good it's expired but, milk you know con context matters right mm -hmm. the group broke up they were estranged from one another mm -hmm. then fife gets sick they decide to come back together to do this album and if you were really down with Tribe and you came up with them and you're Buster Rhymes and they helped to put you on with leaders of the new school or you're Jerobi and you want to get back in the in the booth with these guys and make something, understanding the historical moment and also understanding that you might not ever be able to do this again. Yeah, that's going to bring people out. And then you look at others like Outkast or Kendrick. These were guys who were profoundly influenced by Tribe. Like they got into the biz because they saw Tribe doing what they were doing. It felt like that created a lane for them. Um, so if this album had come along after the love movement, I could see you being upset about features. But this album coming along the way that it did, out of the context it did, yeah, um, I think the features actually enhanced the album. And these were people that either were their contemporaries and collaborated with them as contemporaries or were sort of part of their legacy and wanted to work with the people who put them up on game. That's cool. And that all should have been on a second disc of bonus <laughs> features. <laughs> so you really wanted a love movement with a second disc of all the B-sides. 
No, because the love movement showed me that they didn't have anything left in the tank. This last album showed me that they were like Kobe in that final game. Like, I'm busted up, but I'm going to pull it together for one last show. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and listen to it um, again, because I'm going to have to listen to it at some point during the battle log. Uh, those last three Tribe albums just going to be brutal. But I do... Re- Talking about their their breakup, and anybody who's listening to this this far in has definitely seen the uh, Beach Rhymes and Life documentary. And I was at the Rock the Bells show that's depicted in the movie where they show oh, wow. uh, Fife and Q-Tip having beef and the argument. And I paid an extra, I want to say maybe $200 to get this VIP ticket where they had a special area where the artists would come through and uh, do autograph signings. So Tribe was scheduled to be one of those groups, which is why I paid the extra money for the VIP thing. Like I saw some other people like Big Daddy Kane, which is cool, and uh, I think Rockham maybe. But Tribe was the thing. Had my Tribe print already, was standing in line, waiting, waiting, waiting. I missed... Wu-Tang Clan did a set, and I missed that because I was waiting on the the tribe uh, signing. I didn't want to be too far in the back of the line. So I'm standing there, standing there, all ready to go. Got three different Sharpies just in case there's a Sharpie snafu. And standing there waiting, waiting, waiting. And then some crew people come in and start turning off the lights and taking down the tables. So the people in line, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell is going on? So we're getting angry and we're yelling at them, but they're just, you know, workers coming in. Somebody said, hey, take the lights down. They're taking the lights down. They don't have any clout. And for years, until that documentary came out, I never knew what happened. And that's what happened. They had their fight and their beef and blew off the uh, autograph signing. So I never got my Tribe Called Quest print signed. And I don't appreciate that. And I didn't appreciate it. So that's why you mad, you mad because they hurt you? Maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you? Tribe. 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 <laughs> I'm telling you. That's why when the, uh, at that De La Soul concert a few, a few years back, when the, uh, when I paid some extra money to go get my, uh, backstage to get the autographs or whatever, and the promoter tried to play me, I got oh, yeah. me and some of these other old dudes, and we rushed the promoter <laughs> and threatened nice. him. And the good thing with having uh, older angry people is one of the dudes was an attorney and was running down <laughs> all the different ways he was going to sue this dude's ass um, if we didn't get what we paid for. So he just was like, here's some passes. Go backstage. Good luck. Um, wow. At the Raekwon show, Raekwon got off stage and went to go kick it with some groupies. And me and some dudes were standing there like, wait, we paid for this access. And there was no way he was going to be able to get out without getting past us. So the security was like, we don't get paid for this. And then the promoter was like, um, he was like, well, wait, let me talk. And so while he went to go explain to Raekwon the situation, me and these other guys were gathering up more people. So there was no way he was getting out of there. And so then we wow. went in and did that. So I got my purple tape print. He signed that. Um, 
Same thing at the Most Deaf show. Most Deaf gave the most bizarre performance I've ever seen in my life. Um, and again, shady promoters, rap promoters, had to go back there, threaten them, get back there. And Most Deaf, he was willing to sign autographs, but he didn't want anybody to take any, take any pictures, which disappointed 95% of the people who were back there. Um, mm. But I didn't care about that, so I was good. Right. But I digressed completely. So a lot of people have hurt you, is what you're saying. A lot of people <laughs> in hip-hop. A lot of people. Yep. Yep. Hurt people hurt people, man. JC yeah. got a well, list. Hurt people, hurt people don't pay for music. That's what happens. Yo, just, hurt don't, people. just don't be out here like our boy in The Incredibles in the first flight. Oh, turn into the villain? That's what, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, at the end, you end up becoming a villain because you got shunned. You couldn't be the sidekick. <laughs> you couldn't be the sidekick, got mad, and became the villain. I wanted to be the sidekick like Jay Electronica on his own album. We're going to call you James Button. Yo. <laughs> Nobody cares what I have to say, but hate, I'm going to say hate, it anyway. Hate, it's going to live. Hate, 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 hate. Well. Man, you about to be laying low like when the black voice come out when this podcast dropped. <laughs> I'm gonna drop it. <laughs> now I got time. And uh and actually I was looking and it has been since July tenth, two thousand eighteen. Right around then was the last time that we Jeez. did one of these. And so wow. twenty two months Jeez. later, it only took a global pandemic. Um So we like Jay Electronica. No, we're far more productive than Jay Electronica. <laughs> it only took a global pandemic to get us to come together to do a podcast. Right. Same but, thing with him. His album dropped like that day, right? That yeah. day when they started locking everything down. Yeah, well, it came right on time. Um, between cool. Jay Electronica and D-Nice, I had some some good music to hold me down. Yeah. But By the way, D-Nice is still rocking, in case y'all want to. Shut up. Wow. <laughs> wow. That dude's a marathon, man. A- apparently, he was... Doing overtures towards Halle Berry, I guess. Yeah, Halle Berry been um they've they've been having an Instagram flirt thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to talk I mean, about if who if else? Halle Berry start telling you to play music. You gonna say stop? Nope. Here's this the ain't thing. like porno stars coming for Drake on Instagram. Oh my goodness. Here's my Halle Berry story. Years ago, she was you in got a, a Halle movie. Berry story? Yeah. Years ago, she was in a movie um, with. Uh, what was it? Was that Pol- Bullworth, I think. Was she in that? Oh, Warren Beatty? Yeah. Yeah, she was in that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, wow, the Warren Beatty flick? Bull? Yeah. That was a cover. So I had to go and uh, interview the people in the movie, and she was one of them. And so we're doing the interviews and all that, and then she was talking, and somebody had asked some question. And she said something about... Um, you know, having to go, she hadn't eaten yet. And so she was like, oh, I got to eat something. And then I said, would you like to go to lunch? And she, and she was like, huh? And then she looked and then she said, oh, with you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yo. Because it sounded like you were shooting your shot. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and she was like, bow, 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 bow. she did some Bruce Lee defense and gave me the five finger death punch right in my heart. 
And now, what uh, you really did was some old school barking where you jump up and snatch it. You don't even have the decency to block the shot. You just snatch it out the air. <laughs> Now that sounds like the old school Barkley gave him gave him the elbow to the chest during right. the Olympics. Right. <laughs> oh, we're gonna make a new school. That's when your man Zion threw it into the eighteenth row. <laughs> when he closed on your boy who was wide open at the three point line and made it and blocked it into the eighteenth row. Crazy. Miss Barry put it down. So yeah, so good luck D nice if you you know, he, I'm sure he's got a better shot than I had. But um but no, so this is in conclusion, Jay Electronica heard you, Tribe heard you, Halle Berry heard you. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Most Def. Most Def hurt me with that horrible performance. But he made up for it because he signed the print and it was cool. Um Dope. Lauren Hill hurt me when she put out uh, the education of Lauren Hill. Um and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people. Ice Cube Lauren Hill. disappointed Lauren me. Hill has hurt a lot of people. Because Ice Cube told me personally that he was going to return to, he was going to revisit death certificate and actually addressing social and political issues, which he never did. And he's atrocious. He's going to be the next one up on the next edition well, of. He just uh, released a song Odin. maybe last year about police brutality. Yeah, and it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> he's awful. He is awful. Like I can pinpoint the exact moment when his career fell apart. He just lost his fire. He ran out of things to say, and it was done. And I'll be chronicling that uh, coming soon. He became a family man. He started making family movies. It's like you know the Eddie Murphy, the Eddie Murphy who did Raw and Delirious is very different from the Eddie Murphy that just did the um, Dolomite. Dolomite flick. That was good. And yeah, Dolomite was dope. But yeah. Eddie's in a different place. He's a creative person, right? When you're 18, 19, 20 years old versus when you're north of 50 and you have children who are as old as you were when you put out that original work, you're not the same dude anymore. Then stop rapping. He kind of did. Like Every once in a while <laughs> yeah. he gets back in the booth, but his focus is other things now. It's, it's making movies. It's doing the big three. It's somewhere else. But he shouldn't get back in the You know, Eddie, Eddie started doing stuff again. Like, Eddie was basically retired. Eddie started doing stuff again because Barack Obama was like, yo, you need to get back out here. Yeah. You know, so Barack Obama pulled the Jay-Z on him like, yo, you need to get back out here. You still have something to contribute. Yeah. As far as rap, Ice Cube doesn't have anything to contribute and hasn't had anything to contribute for a long time. But was that song was that song that he came out with last time? Was that song worse than the beef song? No. (laughs) No. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. (laughs) Trolling. Trolling on the podcast. That was expert level trolling right there. Shameful. Shameful. Thank you. Thank you. And with that. Well yeah. So I'm gonna keep a uh, get some more (laughs) discipline. Because if nothing else, when you're not uh, trolling one of my top ten favorite albums, then uh, I enjoy the conversations and uh, we got to do it because this battle log is, I'm on this kick of now that I've got this extra time, I want to get things tied up that I haven't, uh, that I've been pushing aside for a while and I know that's not everybody's... uh, Everybody doesn't have that freedom during this time of crisis, but I do, 
and it's time to start knocking things out, which includes making sure I uh, stay up with you two, and we get this nice. done. So I will be in touch telling you which albums you need to uh, put into your playlist because we've got some catalogs to run through, and I'm telling you, <laughs> that EPMD, whew, that went that went downhill fast. <laughs> But you got to listen to them all because there were there were a couple of gems in there that I totally you're, you're forgot about. You out by Jane number three. <laughs> Jane number three. All right, I lost count. So, uh, with that, so as we as not to end on a negative note, I will play in the outro, Exhibit C, and because it is five and a half minutes long and it's already quarter to one on the East Coast. I'll let y'all go and I'll drop it in on the uh, on the post and uh, see if we can put together an actual schedule and figure out when we can do this again. And uh, yeah, nice to brush off the uh, brush off the rust and get back and chop it up. So on that note, it's been real. I'll catch both y'all later. I'll see. Actually, I'll catch you in in the D nice room. Yeah. Because I realize you said it's been 22 months, right? Yeah. Since the last podcast. I want to dedicate Exhibit C to my favorite listener of the podcast who passed away. Our boy, Melly Mel. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He passed away since our last podcast. So let's let's dedicate to him. Absolutely. Melvin Mason. Um, Melvin Mason. One of the most genuine genuinely nice people I've right. ever Indeed. met and, and that was really because we we'd gone back and forth on Twitter and especially with this battle with it being yes the initial idea was around March Madness and the tournament and things like that and, and Melvin if nothing else was had a sports knowledge that was wide and deep and uh yes and we sort of we would you know pass messages back and forth about yeah yeah we got to get got to get you on here um and and it didn't it didn't happen before he passed and i think um part of not not that it's directly related to him but i think part of having this time to sort of get things done things that are important to me because you spend so much time you know working you got to pay bills you got to think about you know your your kids and your family and you have responsibilities but there are things that interests we have projects we have books we want to write films we want to make uh whatever it may be that gets set aside because you have your responsibilities and so for me given this time um my job with the school district is on hold till September, at least, hopefully. Um, and with this time, it's like things like this, like the bad log, talking with you, um, all kinds of these other projects. I just want to get them done. I don't want to have regrets. I don't want people saying, damn, it took him 13 years to release that album. Right. <laughs> it took him 13 years to do the damn bad log. Right. Right, because that's already, when I pass by it, I'm like, mm. And I feel like 
it's not shame because I understand like why it's been set aside, but it's one of those things that just kind of gnaws at you. And with my personality, I the thing I hate the most are people who say they're gonna do something. Those people who talk about what they want to do, what they're gonna do, but never do it. And my thing is like, just do it. It might come out spectacularly. It might be a colossal failure, but at least you can say you did it. Maybe you learned something, maybe you try it again, but at least you did it. I hate talking about things. And I've been talking about the backlog. We've been talking about it for years. It took us, we came up with the name, then it took like a year to come up with the uh, rules. Then it took another year to come up with the brackets. So we're, it, 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 it will be done. And um, yeah, it is a shame that uh, Melvin didn't get an opportunity to participate in this, but yeah, definitely dedicating this song to him, the battle-log, and, and lots of other things. That was a, that was a really good dude. R.I.P. Melly Mel. Melvin Mason. R.I.P. All right, peace. All right, peace. Peace, y'all. Gentlemen, this time around, the revolution will not be televised. As we proceed to give you what you need, oh, nine, brother, get it live, brother. Ladies and gentlemen of the court, in the hearing against the state of hip hop versus Jerry Trotter, I present Exhibit C. When I was sleeping on the train, sleeping on Mezzarol Ave out in the rain, without even a single slice of pizza to my name. Too proud to beg for change, mastering the pain. When New York niggas was calling Southern rappers lame, but then Jack and I slang. I used to get dizzy spells, hear a little ring, the voice of an angel telling me my name. Telling me that one day I'ma be a great man Transforming with the Megatron doll spitting out flames Eating whack rappers alive, shitting out chains I ain't believe it then, nigga I was homeless Fighting, shooting dice, smoking weed on the corners Trying to find a meaning of life in the corona Till the five percenters rolled up on the nigga and informed them You either build or destroy, where you come from? The Mac know your projects in the third wall, slum, hum It's quite amazing that you rhyme how you do And that you shine like you grew up in a shrine in Peru Question 14, Muslim Lesson 2 Dip diver, civilizer 85er I make the devil hit his knees and say to our father Abracadabra, you rockin' with the true and living. Shout out the lights out, Joseph I, Chewy Bivens Shout out the Baltimore, Baton Rouge, my crew in Richmond Why y'all debated who the truth was like Jews and Christians I was on Cecil B, Broad Street, Master, North Philly, South Philly 23rd, Tasker, Six Mile, Seven Mile, Hartwell, Brasher When niggas really would pack a U-Haul truck up Put the high beams on, drive up on the curb at a barbecue and hop up out the back like, what's up? Kill a nigga, rob a nigga, take a nigga, bust up. That's why when you talk that tough talk, I never feel you. You sound real good and you play the part well, but the energy you giving off is so unfamiliar. I don't feel you. We need something, Miller. 
Nas hit me up on the phone, said what you waiting on? Tip hit me up with a twit, said what you waiting on? Diddy send a text every hour on the dot saying when you gonna drop that first nigga you taking long. So now I'm back spitting that he could pass a polygraph. That Reverend Run rocking Adidas out on Hollis Ave. That FOI Marcus Garvey, Nikki Tesla. I shock you like an ill electric field, J Electra. They call me J Electronica, fuck that. Call me J Elect Hanukkah, J Elect Yamaka, J Elect Muhammad Asalamaka, Rasulullah Subhanawata, Allah through your monitor. My Uzi still weigh a ton, check the barometer. I'm hotter than the motherfucking sun, check the thermometer. I'm bringing ancient mathematics back to modern man. My mama told me never throw a stone and hide your hand. I got a lot of family, you got a lot of fans. That's why the people got my back like the Verizon man. I play the back and fade the black and then devise a plan. Out in London, smoking, vibing while I ride the tram. Giving out that raw food to lions disguised as lambs. And by the time they get their seat top and deploy all their henchmen to come at me from the treetops, I'm chilling out at Tweet Stock, building by the millions. My light is brilliant. Just ride. Just ride.